This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods. As our resident Greek girl, I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market now and save on regionally inspired products through March 19th. Find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb, and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if you're over 21, wines from Spain, Greece, and Italy. Grab your ingredients and experiment with family-friendly Mediterranean cuisine today. Think Greek-style ground lamb pitas, lemony oven-roasted chicken, or bronzino, or instant pot short ribs braised in wine. All simple and delicious. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for Dinner and I Just Feed You, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Homethreads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're the co-hosts of the Mom Hour podcast. And between us, we have eight kids from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share ideas and encouragement and remind you that it's all going to be okay. In every episode of our show, you'll hear practical tips, judgment-free advice, and real stories about how we handle parenting challenges in our own families. We hope you'll come away feeling like what you're experiencing right now is normal and that you're not alone or crazy. We talk about stuff like working motherhood, potty training, being a school parent, and getting meals on the table. From new motherhood to tweens and teens, we've got you covered, and our personalities are pretty different, so that's always fun. Yep, we're not experts. We are parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Join us at The Mom Hour, available wherever podcasts are found or online at themomhour.com. Part of being reductive is presenting these recipes as answers in a like 500 word post, as opposed to saying, here's an idea, here's how I'm using it in my house. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Hey, welcome to a full-on Petty Crocker episode of Didn't I Just Feed You. We are lit up. I'm so excited (laughs) to be petty. What does that say about me and my arms? (laughs) I don't know. I guess I feel like there's a good, healthy place to vent and be ranty. And if you can't do it on your own podcast, where else can you do it? That's true. So can I go on a tiny, tiny little side note? Please. I, I on Netflix I've been watching the Kevin Hart docu series. Okay. 
And I have very mixed feelings about it because part of why I wanted to watch it was to be annoyed at him because I really do feel like from what little I read of the like entertainment gossip, he didn't address his past homophobic comments in a way that I thought was sufficient. Um, I don't even know what I mean by sufficient. Who cares? No one cares. I don't have to go into it deeply. Yeah, I get what you're saying, though. I believe that he doesn't feel like he's homophobic and doesn't live a life, you know, saying homophobic things and conducting homophobic acts. But like, we have to dig deeper than that and like really be willing to look at the ways that we've internalized our privilege and our racism and our homophobia and our sexism, you know, in order yes. to like be better to each other. That's kind of my opinion. Yeah. And I didn't, it felt like he had a resistance to that. So I was like, I'm going to watch this and I'm going to be mad at him for not being more aware. And as you watch, he really comes across as a pretty great guy. So I'm like having all these conflicting feelings. And in last night's episode that I watched, He talks about how some critic gave him a horrible review. And he's like, I always get horrible reviews. I don't care. Like, what matters to me is, like, what people say and basically how much money the movies make. Yeah. And so he sent the critic who gave him a scathing review an $8,000 bottle of wine with a note saying, like, yeah, like... Basically, the checks from this movie are just like knocking it out of the park. So I wanted to give you a little something for your support. And it was so funny to me. And then he goes on this whole little like rant about how petty he is. And he's like, Petty LaBelle, like Petty LaBelle's here, like playing off of Patty LaBelle's name. Yes. And I was like, yes, like I had all these conflicting feelings about you. Now, like, Kevin, you and I, like, eye to eye, like, I see you. You're Petty LaBelle. I'm Petty Crocker. Like, I'm feeling this. So I'm, I'm like, fully ready for this episode. You're lit up. I'm, I'm lit up. You. <laughs> Let's do it. Like, we should just jump in. People are um, like, all right, talk already. What I know. is it? Okay. So this article came up in December, right? And we posted it to the Didn't I Just Feed You Facebook page. Oh, someone DM'd us on on Instagram where we're at Didn't I Just Feed You being like, I feel like you guys can really appreciate this. Maybe you can do a Petty Crocker episode about (laughs) it. And Stacey and I were both like, hell yes, we're doing that. We feel so strongly about this. So it's a serious eat story. It's written by Kenji Alt Lopez, right? Ken- That's his J- name. Ken- Kenji, Kenji Lopez. J- Alt. I'm just not a fan in general. So are that's... you not? Because I actually kind of am a little bit of a fan. <sighs> I just actually wrote about his pancake recipe for your kitchen.com. I did one of those like pancake battles and I so did not pancake battles, recipe battles is what I'm trying to say. I so did not want his recipe to win and it did. It was a great recipe, but it was, I also felt super fussy to start. And oh, that's my, yeah. my problem with him is that I feel like try, he's trying to make food too complicated. So it was really interesting that he wrote this story about like how to get your kids interested in food. Okay. Like, so wait, he's, Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. I know I cut you off. But I find it interesting that you don't like him because he reminds me a little bit of... Alton Brown. Yeah. I know that. Did I ever say... Uh, no. Oh! <laughs> oh, my God. 
it's so petty all the way through. Oh my God, I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, so, all right, let's just leave that there. I think people can read between the lines. Yeah. Um, I think that people like Alton, that Kenji, like they have a place in food media. 100%. Right, where like, it's good. Like if you're a food geek, if you're a like science nerd, if you're a food professional, like we don't know how to do everything perfectly. Like you don't get trained on every single thing. Like a lot of it is just like practice because this is science, people. It's not like if you get a master's or a PhD in science, you know everything about all scientific, you know, domains. So I appreciate what he does and what goes into it. And it's interesting. And sometimes I find it relevant to home cooking. And lots of times I really don't. I will say his his um, recipes are so well-researched yeah. that like anyone can at least read the recipe and pull something out that's going to make anything they cook better. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm here for that. I think that says a lot. Like I would be proud of my work if someone said that about it. It's just not my like point of view. Right. It's not what I aspire to, which is why I think we were both pretty shocked that he starts to dip his toe into how I got my toddler interested in food and cooking. There's so much. There's so much to just... Like from the title alone yes. to get upset about. So, first of all, first of toddlers? all, stay in your lane. Okay, sorry. <laughs> That's what I have to say. Like, I'm not sitting here telling you I know how to make the perfect pancake by scientific standards. True, true and fair, right? Like niche down, people. Your thing is science and getting a little geeky on recipes. Kenji, let us have feeding our kids. Let Only us have that. Let us be the experts in that. Your approach doesn't apply here in any kind of way that is helpful yeah to busy parents um and then here's the thing that really just not the one thing that really set me off but this idea of toddlers first of all toddlers are like magical little troll creatures one day they're like really (laughs) into something and the next day they are totally not and then they grow up they become preschoolers and then they become elementary school kids. And like you cannot be patting yourself on the back that your toddler is interested in food and cooking. Both of my kids have had times where they're super into cooking with me and they've both had times where they're not. So like maybe you're just in an awesome season, Kenji. Just ride it out. Don't tell everyone else how great you are. I could not agree with you more. It's so to have one kid who is... <laughs> still really small and then be feel that you're in a position to educate is so audacious to me and again like taking that tone he is an educator that is how he approaches his work and that's what i love about his work but when you talk to family cooks and let me just take a step back and say i'm an educator i have a master's degree from a school of education (laughs) and like i worked in education for a long time i'm passionate about being a learner and also when it's appropriate being a teacher but in this case what i learned and what's been so humbling about my career is that they're really the only way to educate parents is to give them all the information and trust that they're going to be able to make it work and that they'll learn what they need to learn for their family and their kids. There is no absolutism here. 
100%. What works for me, what works for you, what works for Kenji might not work for anyone else. And then if you don't agree with that, to think that you got to something absolute with one kid who's like three, uh, that's crazy. (laughs) Oh my God. Talk to me after your second kid. Or talk to me when your kid is like three or four. Three and four were the hardest with both of my kids. Two-year-olds, breezy. Three, never again. Totally. Can we, like, our friends at the Mom Hour, who we love, you guys should totally listen. Yes. (laughs) You should totally listen. It's so funny. But one of their recent episodes was like, 10 things to love about toddlers. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'll have to listen to that one day just to hear what they say, just from like a point of interest. But like, no, no, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so let's not knock toddlers totally because there are some fun things about having a toddler. But for sure, like, I don't look back at that time with rose colored glasses and be like, oh, that was so great. I do not either. Yeah. Okay. So back to this thing, which I don't want to single out Kenji. Like he's a dad. He's trying. I think he's like a great guy. He He's on Twitter and he talks about um, being a feminist a lot. But he's not the only food writer who's like sort of approaching picky eater, picky eaters and saying that he's an expert in it. Right? Like, doesn't Bon Appetit have their column with Deb Perlman of Smitten Kitchen called the Picky Eaters Club? They do. And doesn't that also get us both enraged? It does. <laughs> well, okay, so there's another aspect to all of this, which is a conversation about food privilege. Yes. Right? So, which is tied up with financial privilege. Yes. So both Kenji and Deb and you and me, we can afford certain foods. And then there's also this privilege that comes with our work, (laughs) which is that we've been exposed to a huge number of ingredients Mm -hmm. um, and a wide variety of cuisines. Um, And it's been part of our day-to-day careers to get that exposure, to be able to spend money on it and mm, get a tax write off. <laughs> you know, yeah, so or get like, reimbursed for it sometimes. Right. So, right. So, like, sure, I'll pick up that like weird tropical fruit that I've never seen before and experiment with it. And that's not something that most families can do. Get to do. Yeah. Whether it's about finances or access to ingredients or just even knowing what to do with it. Like if you don't love to cook, you're not going to pick up a pomelo and figure out like, oh, I'll just experiment. The same way I'm not going to go to the gym one day and be like, let me just hang out here for two weeks. I mean, for two hours (laughs) and like figure out some new exercises. Like, no, thanks. I'm just going to go in and do what I need to do (laughs) and get out. And I feel like that's missing from the conversation, that at least if you're going to give this advice, if you're going to say, you know, let them taste everything. Yeah. Or what's the rote advice that it's like, it takes seven to 15 exposures for your kid to really like something. And it's like, well, that's great, but not a lot of families can afford to buy cauliflower 15 times and have it go to waste. Totally. You know, encourage thoughtful eating, like the time that you spend on this, like going on YouTube with your kid so that they can watch. I, you know, it just, there's a lot of time, money, and exposure that goes into a lot of these suggestions. 
And it would be a lot better for me if they just acknowledged that. Yes. Because actually, their tips are really good. Yeah. But are they anything new and different that we haven't heard before? No. I, You know, that part doesn't bother me quite as much because there's always a new crop of new parents. And True. And guess like uni- it's universal yeah. truths. Like okay. a lot of what Kenji says in his article is stuff. I've said and is like yeah. if you have the time, the willingness, the motivation and the money, like I, I think he's right. It's yeah. just to assume that everyone has that and to say like hey guys, this is how you make a good eater is you know, a little I don't know. Yeah, problematic. Problematic. Is the best word for it. Yeah, problematic. I think I want to talk about like the recipes that come out of the picky eaters yeah. club on Bon App. <laughs> Let's Specifically because I feel like, and maybe, I don't think Kenji's article does this as much, but I've seen it other places where it's sort of like talking down to the intelligence of parents who are already super smart home cooks. Like, they have to be, right? They have to be thrifty and well-organized and thoughtful about what they buy. And so to be like, oh, well, you just make a fatouche salad, but with pita chips instead I don't know. I feel like sometimes it's like dumbing down what it's not. It's definitely not dumbing down food to make it more kid friendly. It's sort of like stating the obvious, which doesn't give enough credit to parents. Yeah. Also, can we please talk about you're referring to the January 8th Deb article on Bon Appetit. I am. I am. It's entitled How to Get Your Kids to Eat a Giant Tray of Vegetables. Which already. Mm. Now, in all fairness to these people, (laughs) we know that when you work with editors, you don't always get to title your articles. Also, how many just plain rage clicks do you think they got on that title? That's what I was going to say. No way. Totally. Let me click on that. And like the editors who or whomever, if it was Deb who got to name the article, she's definitely subject to like SEO and clicks and whatever. Uh, So like I get why they called it that. I mean, obviously, we started this podcast to get away from all that because all of that stuff gets in the way of real, honest advice that is accessible to a wider range of parents. Yes. And, like, until we get out of this, like, feedback loop of, like, food media loving itself, not acknowledging its privileges, beholden to SEO, like, we'll never be able to have a real, honest conversation about food that I think we desperately need in this country. Which is why our podcast is so important. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're just back in the loop, Stacey. You're just back in the loop. It's just, okay. But anyway, so this fatouche salad, let's get back to it. Let's break it down. Let's break it down. Delicata squash. I love it. My kids will eat it if it's roasted. There you go. And guess what, Deb? I can get my kids to eat a plate full of spinach salad, like squash, you know, whatever. I don't know. Also, like, how much does the squash cost? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, halloumi cheese, delicious. I'm Greek. I'm here okay. for it. Hard to find. It's hard to find. Like, in Boise, I needed it for a recipe once, and I had to specially order it. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I can't even find it on Fresh Direct in New York, which is, like, one of the they have everything. primary, yeah, primary yeah. grocery store. Like, I'd have to go to, like, maybe the huge Wegmans or the, like, big special, like, Whole Foods, which we only have one of in Brooklyn. Like, n- not practical. No. 
Not a, even a little bit. Not even a little bit. And then also, wait, let's look at this. I'm clicking over to the recipe. I know. Well, I have it open and this is such a beautiful salad to me. Oh, I like, agree. The caramelized red it. onions, the purple cabbage, these big juicy mint leaves. And all I can think is if I put this in front of Brian, my husband, he would be like, okay, but where's the rest of dinner? I mean, the other <laughs> thing is you're calling it like uh, you're saying how to get your kids to eat a big plateful of vegetables. Here's the list. Olive oil, not a vegetable. Garlic, not a vegetable. Seasoning, Aleppo pepper, sumac, not vegetables. Cabbage, onion. Hey, onion's a vegetable, but come on, people. This is not the kind of vegetables we're dying for our kid to eat. No. And winter squash and some other things. So basically, there's half a head of cabbage for four servings. Wait, half a small head? Half a small head. So it's pretty (laughs) much a garnish. Like, that's not a, like, big nutritional bang there. And then winter squash. So it's basically just how to get your kids to eat squash. And if your kids don't eat squash, guess what? They're not going to like this salad that you just like went out of your way to go get uh, your honestly cheese. just totally effed. Yeah. They don't and like you're totally effed. Yeah. Like it's not even easy to deconstruct. Oh, wait. Yes, it is. They'll eat pita chips. Yeah. That's what my kids would eat. Also the halloumi <laughs> they would eat. Mine if would I too. could find it. Yes. Oh, now I just want to go down. Like, I want to tumbleweed down into, like, all the other Picky Eaters Club's recipes and just pick them apart. But that would be mean. I This is the thing. I appreciate Deb. I think, like, what she's trying to do is valuable, right? Like, trying to get kids excited about food, their parents excited about cooking. Okay. I have to pause there. I know you have more to say because I don't think that's what she's trying to do. Okay. I don't have say a good what do you think about it? She's trying to do I, promote I herself. Just think, yeah, make I just think food. that there. I think that Bon Appetit, and I'm not going to say it's Deb. Like whatever team is working on this, is trying to take some of their gorgeous recipes and have a point of view on family cooking because they don't. And it's a nod to saying, like, yeah, we have some family or kid content, and yeah. they're just taking some of their like simpler recipes that could be kid-friendly. But this is not... These recipes feel like recipes they either have in their hopper or they developed and they can use in a lot of different roundups that they're just throwing into a picky eaters club without any kind of real deep thought about what family cooks face and have to consider when they're making their meal plan or cooking dinner. Yeah, I think you're right. Sorry, I got you off, so keep going. I'm lost on the list of... Like talk about tell us what's no on it. picky eater wants to eat broccoli until you add ketchup. That's a headline for a meatball dish with broccoli, um, which are basically like meatloaf meatballs, which that sounds delicious. That does sound, and she does have a hummus bowl, which you know we like that. Yes, so we have a whole we. episode on that. It's a good time to also say we have a couple episodes on picky eating, yeah. including with our friend Debbie, who has a really great family dinner newsletter that you should sign up for. And we'll put a link in the show notes because I'm totally blanking on the name of the newsletter. But we get it. We subscribe to it as didn't I just feed you. When it comes to BLTs, there are no substitutes. So you're telling me to make BLTs for my family. Again, my kids are going to eat the bacon and the toast. (laughs) They're going to skip the butter lettuce and tomatoes. And also like, I don't know, like, do we really need to be told to make BLTs? Like, We do stuff like that, like nachos for dinner. 
but I feel like we try to dive a little deep or take an ingredient that maybe you didn't realize was as versatile as it is and talk about all the different ways you can use it. I mean, even meatballs, because we agree meatballs are great. We have a meatballs episode helping people understand why it's great. And then we both also debate in that episode, like how to cook it. Like, do you throw it in the oven? Do you fry it up? Like, what if you don't have time? What if you do have time? Yeah, I guess it's just What do you do if you have to... uh, Yes, reductive is a great word for it. It's like, what do you have... What do you do if you have a gluten allergy and you want to make BLTs? Like, there's no discussion about that. Like, what's an alternative to the toast? And also, like, the fact that now we need a BLT episode because I'm like... Also, the fact that you can use BLTs to kind of inch your kid towards salad if that's a goal. You know, part of being reductive is presenting these recipes as answers in a like 500 word post as opposed to saying, here's an idea. Here's how I'm using it in my house. Yeah. (sighs) Like a BLT is not a solution. It's just not. I mean, except to like my personal woes. (laughs) I think this is the time to open it up to our listeners. I know that there's quite a thread when we when we shared um, Kenji's or his article on our Facebook page. But I think we could get a little bit deeper discussion, like talking about what are the real needs of parents who are home cooks who um, are interested in food media, but like don't feel like their needs are met. Like we want to fill that gap if we can. If you have questions about better ways to feed your family, that's always at the forefront of our mind. And I do think we did a disservice in the cheese episode because we talked about like all these ways to build cheese platters and we didn't address vegan cheeses at all. But then our listeners group swooped in and had all these great suggestions and reviews. So this is a good reminder to join us on Facebook where we're at Didn't I Just Feed You and on Instagram we're also as at Didn't I Just Feed You. When you try to join the secret group, it's going to ask you a question and the answer is either whiskey or painkillers or just tell us your favorite cocktail because I we really enjoy reading those ideas too. Also, I just want to add that if you disagree with us, we want to hear that too because, yes. you know... We're talking about other food writers acknowledging their perspective. So we have to do the same. Like, we're in this. <laughs> yeah, please call us with out. Deb if you can. And with Kenji. So, like, you know, we have a particular purview on this. Obviously, you know, motivated or, or shaped by the fact that we have this podcast and that we're trying to do something for you guys. But if you guys are like, uh, we're parents and actually Deb's been like super helpful and has changed my cooking, tell us because I, we love her. We love her work. We love Kenji. I mean, you guys heard me. It's helpful to hear your perspective no matter what it is um, because then we get to learn more about what really is helpful to you instead of what we think is helpful to you. And thanks for letting us be petty yeah, and giving us a it. safe space to do it. Yeah. So <laughs> if you want to hear us being petty every single week, <laughs> subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You so you don't miss a single episode. Actually, we're not petty every week, I promise. Like just every other week. Um, and if you like what you hear, tell your friends about us and leave a review on iTunes. It makes a really big difference. You guys have been so amazing and supportive. There are new reviews up every single week. And they are so helpful and, you know, mostly encouraging. I was going to say there's only one petty one. (laughs) 
It's from a long time ago, and we still talk it about really it. It really is. Oh, we still talk clearly, about we're it. very sensitive about it. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jim Mando. A huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. Oh, yeah. Give them five stars. Mom, I'm hungry. Give me food right now.